here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate everybody for checking out the show. Big shout out to last week's episode where I had Cool Rock Ski from the Fat Boys. Man, that was just just really cool to talk to him. I mean, I've been a fan since I was like 9, 10 years old. So if you'd have told the 10-year-old me that I get a chance to talk to Cool Rock Ski, uh, in my 40s, you know, whatever, I would have been like, hey, you got to be kidding me. This is awesome. So this is why I do this whole podcasting is just to get a chance to, to talk and build with people that I respect or want to promote. And I'm doing that today on this one right here. My guys from the UK, Dramatic XL, Nomadic Poet, 1520, Mosquito Flying Starships, our new album is out there and we're going to talk about it and their influences and how they got started in the game and this album right here this mosquito flying starship is just a straight banger and you guys need to cop it we're going to play a couple songs from these brothers on the podcast here and uh, just build them and see what's going on and this is a a first for me because i've never had an interview with anybody outside of america so talking to them both at the same time from the uk to chicago just really hyped and i can't wait to play that for you guys so stay tuned for that. I do want to talk about The Mandalorian, the Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. Give a couple thoughts on that. The Walking Dead midseason finale came through. Got to talk about that underwhelming uh, episode and how it just kind of fell flat to me. And I got to reveal number three on the top 10 MCs of my choosing, my favorite top 10 MCs of all time. And number three, I will reveal later on. So before we do anything, before we talk to my guy, Nomadic, we talk to Dramatic Excel. Don't forget, you can check out Infinite Banter on all digital platforms iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Castbox, Blueberry, Spotify, just all digital platforms, anywhere you find your podcast, it's there. Follow the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter. You could also bother me at DJ Soundwave75 on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook at Infinite Banter. Also want to promote that I did an interview with E.C. Illa, and those in the Chicagoland area, you know who E.C. Illa is. His name should ring out. One of the legends in the game for hip-hop, Chicago music, been in the game for a long time. Got a chance to interview him for my guy Catch-22's Head Knock Radio podcast, and that is available on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Just look up Head Knock Radio. You'll find it on there. My guy Catch-22, he plays a lot of Chicago hip-hop in the mix, and then in between, you'll hear segments from me and E.C. Illa chopping it up, talking about his career and the 25th anniversary of his album Live from the Ill which I just got in the mail the other day you know I can't believe it's 25 years already this thing is just you know amazing I'm just so glad to have it in my hands a hard copy of it and uh, if you want to get a copy make sure you go to ecilla.com I think there's only uh, 94 copies available and I think I'm on like number 59 to one I got so there's not that many left so go out there and cop it but definitely check it out on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all your digital platforms. Look up Head Knock Radio and hear the interview I did with E.C. Illa and some real good Chicago underground mixing in between and before and after the interview by my guy Catch 22 so shout out to Head Knock Radio. Before we go over to the UK and talk with Nomadic Poet and the one only Dramatic XL 1520 the show never begins until you hear my man and DMC, Daryl McDaniels, say this. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. 
So before we talk to Nomadic Poet and Dramatic XL and their album 1520 Mosquito Fly and Starships, let's play one of the songs from that album. This might be my favorite song from the record, but definitely a great album altogether. But this song is one of the standout records right here. This is the anthem. Play this loud right here. This is a banger. Here we go. The anthem. Nomadic Poet, Dramatic XL from their new album 1520 Mosquito Fly and Starships here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. I was born one of a kind, they're born like a fly, boom, dandemite, dumb, deaf, and blind, till the one put a bulb in my okay, mind, look. one time, one heart, Bob told us one love, nowadays they drop, I was the one since Chris the Glove, stuck with a glistening glove, I walked in, rocking the cloak like Obi-Wan in Star Wars, they all be gone, I'm still that public enemy number one, one culture, the devil ain't one, no one's a breath in my lungs, it's one culture, I'm so fifth dimension, I'm ultra fire spirits, try get me off my red sulfur, five daily plugs resurrect me from a slumber, five elements I've been on since building with fires in the bunker, my five senses detect it starts when we're younger, when one fifth of society breaks down the hunger, but I had to choose to survive alive and I'm bongo, came out the jungle where they're still skin like rumble, who wanna rumble up on you, that's one fight. Infinite banter, and we're going to rock the house. Yes, sir. 
All right, checking out the Infinite Banter podcast. I'm Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave, and I'm like mad geek to be talking to these dudes straight from London, repping the thoroughborough nomadic poet. Yes, sir. Dramatic XL. They are 1520. They got that new joint, Mosquito, Fly, and Starships available now. What's going on? What's going on, man? What's going on? It's a pleasure to be on the show, man. Yeah. Yeah, first time I ever spoke to somebody uh, overseas. This is is really really happening. This is awesome. (laughs) Big up to both of you dudes. No, that's cool, man. That's cool. We appreciate it, man. No doubt. Uh, maybe you guys could tell the story how you guys first linked up, how you guys first got together and everything. Oh, man. Oh, man. I've been out here for like a minute and uh, working in uh, music distribution. And I came across uh, some of the Planet stuff, which is a nomadic and his uh, crew from before. You know what I mean? So uh, from there, I had like a, a record store in London. Central London, and then, you know, we, he came through, and, you know what I'm saying, we, we've been kicking it ever since, you know what I mean? So that's really big, basically about it, you know what I mean? But he, he can elaborate, you know what I mean? So, yo, Nomadic, take it. Me and Drake connected um back in the day, like, late 90s, uh, early 2000, when I was uh, working a project by my crew at the time called The Planets. Um, there was a radio station, a famous hip-hop station out here called HFM in London, yeah. which is a 24-hour hip-hop pirate station one of the few stations that was dedicated purely to hip-hop and he was one of the djs at the time on there going by the name of dj ilau at the time and um i heard him and like he had like one of the best shows on the station and we just we just had a mutual respect for each other from the music we just hit it hit it off i came up there to do an interview and then we exchanged details and ever since then we've just been good friends um dre also used to um have a, a record store up in the central London called Beat Heart Records. And um, I would go up there and kick it with him on a weekend and just, just politic about hip hop, man. We're just both fans of hip hop music. We both like the same kind of um, hip hop. We, we came up in the same era. Um, and it was just, it was just all, all good, man. All love. Um, we're both the same in terms of like, we're both family guys. We both, you know, got the nine to five, but we both love our hip hop. We both got kids. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man, we're similar in a lot of ways in terms of our taste and, and what we like. And um, we just decided to like, you know, we, we'd always be moaning about, yo, like the game is like this, the game is like that. We just like, yo, let's let's just make some ill music. And we got together and started working on this project. It took almost two years. And there you have it yeah. now, man, Mosquito Flying Starships. And uh, that's pretty much how, how, how we came together, man. And the cool thing is about, you know, Dramatic, you working in a record store. It means you had all the access to the samples, right? Well, yeah, I've been a digger for like a long time, too. I've been to so, so many crews out here and uh, just learning the ropes and, uh, yeah, just a love for the records. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and working in distribution, obviously, I had like a lot of access to a lot of records, too. So, yeah, that, that helped. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm sure you got some classic vinyl that uh you know me being a uh, dj myself i'm sure you got some classics that you know you'll uh you could brag about to the other dj heads around the around the country and around the world too right yeah, i'm my independent man like i was uh like the boston scene you know late 90s uh early 2000s like i got like everything the insight you know what i'm saying guys like insight edon you know like independent records like that's my jump off right there man independent hip-hop and those are hard to find too records. a lot of those records come out yeah, you can't find those just about anywhere, yeah, okay. too. Only true DJs have those, you know, those test pressings and such like that. Yeah. So, Nomadic, uh, talk about the scene out there where you guys are at. Well, I mean, as far as hip-hop goes, um, hip-hop's been here since, well, late 70s because we were very influenced by what was happening in New York because New York, um, I guess New York is, you know, um, 
very similar to London in a lot of ways in terms of big city, fast pace. You know, we have the subway system, a very diverse culture of people. And um, we would get records from New York. In fact, sometimes we would get records from New York. This is crazy. Before they were actually, you know, really out there in New York, we'd get records like imports every Friday and we'd go to the record store and be up on what, what was happening. Um, you know, back in the early days of hip hop. So we were really up on what was happening in terms of like the East Coast and we were really influenced by what was coming out of New York. So we kind of related to, to East Coast hip hop from a very early age. I personally got into hip hop um, 82 slash 83 is when I first started rhyming. Um, and at the time I went by the moniker of Dr. Rap. Yeah, I haven't stopped since, man. I've been I've been doing this thing. I've been loving the culture um, for over three decades, man. Been heavily involved with it on many different levels. And yeah, man, it's just, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. I got to ask that Dr. Rap thing. Did you have like a whole like outfit, like you're uh, like you're a medical doctor or something too, or? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I actually remember my first rhyme. Some of it, it was, it was just so funny. That was the days when people had names like Fresh, MC Fresh this and Dr. This and Lord this and King whatever. So it was just, it was just the name I adopted at the time. Um, it's funny how I first started rhyming because uh, we used to have a series out here called Electro. I don't know if you uh, know of that by uh, Street Sounds, Morgan Khan. A little bit, um, yeah. He had this, yeah, he had this series of um, compilations called Electro. And I think there was a guy in there called Captain Rap, I believe his name was, on the first Electro 1 or Electro 2. Um, this was around 84, 85. And I mimicked one of his rhymes and came to school and tried to mask it off like it was my rhyme. And it was like, yo, that's so cool, man. That's so fresh. And I was like, oh, shit, how am I going to keep this up? <laughs> and that's how I started writing my first <laughs> rhymes because I was like, yo, I got, I got to come with something else now. And then um, I adopted that Dr. Rap moniker and then just carried on um, rhyming. I've been doing it ever since. Dramatic, and, uh, you, have a, you have a different angle on it because you, you lived in the States and now you're over there. Talk about like your experience with like how the scene is in both places. Wow, man. It was interesting, man, coming out, coming out here. Because when I first came out here, I was living in a town pretty much up north. So I was in, in London, per se, which were, I guess, like uh, a lot of the hip-hop scene is like down south. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like in isolation when I came out here. I was like in North of England, you know what I mean? And uh, But there was a few guys around that were, were into into hip-hop, and they were they were heavy into hip-hop. Like, they, it bugged me out because that type of area that, that I was in, like, there was no type of hip-hop culture whatsoever. You had to travel, like, an hour to, like, Manchester or cities like Liverpool to, like, you know, go record shopping and stuff like that. But it was, it was all good because... And sort of in that isolation, I kind of, you know, did my own thing, you know what I mean? And kind of, you know, developed my own style and learned things by myself and all the rest of it. But coming down to London, the, the, the cultures are different, man. The cultures are similar and they're different at the same time because I, I think Nomadic will probably testify to this, that I would say like U.S., like everybody's kind of on the same path or kind of in the same direction in terms of like if you're trying to come up. But over here, even though guys on the same path, you know, it's a very, you know, it's doggy dog. When you find guys like, like my guys are nomadic or whatever, you kind of, you kind of stick together in a sense because you kind of have, have a similar outlook. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of guys who are really like, you know, heavy hip hop heads, but they don't really, to me, a part of the culture is this type of, uh, like when Bam says, you know, peace, love, you don't need having fun. You know what I'm saying? I'll take, I'll take that, you know what I'm saying, as a part of the culture. And it's like, you got to share, man. 
You know what I'm saying? So I, there's, there's an aspect of selfishness out here too. Like I, I'm gonna keep it real. You know, you know what I'm saying? But no doubt. Yeah, but generally, like you just find the people who are like-minded, man. You know, which are far, far and few in between, but you find them and then uh, you rock with them. You know what I'm saying? And as far as uh, hip hop goes, who were your guys' influences? Nomadic, you can go first. Who were some of your influences growing up? The first person that I heard that really, I would say, made me want to rhyme. Um, actually, the first rap record I heard was probably. Um, Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel, um, The Message on White Lines, um, Tila Rock, It's Yours. I guess It's Yours was really the record that made me want to first start rhyming when I heard Tila Rock's rhymes. And my first demo that I ever did when I was about 10 or 11 was over the It's Yours instrumental. So that's what really started it. But as far as like what really took it for the next level for me was listening to... Um, Rakim, man, like that's like my favorite MC of all, yeah. all time, man. Yeah, without a doubt. How about you, Dramatic? How, who were some of your influences growing up as far as like maybe DJing or producing anything like that? It was always Run DMC, guys like LL, Beastie Boys, whole Def Jam thing, really. Um, later on, I would say uh, the cold chilling stuff, you know what I mean? Um, cold chilling stuff for Juice Crew. Def, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Juice Crew heavy. And yeah, that was, that was, yeah, but early days, I'd say like definitely Run DMC and, um, Beasties, LL, you know what I mean? But even before that, I mean, I was, I always got to remember that I was really into music before I got into hip hop because I realized like, a lot of guys that I know now, like they got into music as a result of hip hop because they learned like guys are using samples and breaks, you know what I'm saying? But I was, I was already listening to, you know what I'm saying, Funkadelic and all that stuff in the late seventies and all that stuff. I came up on that and Stevie Wonder and all that good stuff. And then I came into the hip hop, you know what I'm saying? I didn't come into it the other way around, which a lot of guys would that is very true yeah discovered oh oh, this is all this other stuff right here you know what i mean so yeah my direction was kind of like you know from the the music direction into into hip-hop you know what i mean yeah that's how i found soul and funk and stuff because i was listening to these you know these albums in the 80s early 90s and i'm like well who are they sampling i wanted to learn about and that's how i found out about stevie wonder funkadelic things like that marvin Gaye. you guys are killing it with this album here you got to tell me about uh the concept the 1520 obviously you know shout out to cedric ave on that 1520 obviously is basically represents um 1520 Cedric Ave, the birthplace of hip-hop or what would then you know the party that sparked what would be what was the catalyst for what would then become this great movement that is all across the world but also if you listen to the intro which I'm sure you did um we broke it down like the one represents the one culture the one music you know and from my point of view personally like uh, you know I'm, I'm quite a spiritual person so it all re- also represents one creator the five represents the five elements of hip hop and five times connecting with the creator. The two represents two of us, the one MC, the DJ, and the zero represents the music coming from nothing, coming around full circle, 360 degrees. So that's 15, 20, man. That is dope, dope, dope. dude. I broke that down. <laughs> dope, dope. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Man, that, that's that's crazy. I, you know, obviously, when I first saw the, the 1520, I was like, okay, that's Cedric Ave. But the way you just broke it down like that, it just took it to that next level. You're not just shouting out an address. You guys made it your own thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. We want to obviously pay respect and homage to where it where it came from. You know, we can't say, you know, we're following something or part of something and we don't respect the foundations of, of where the thing started. You know, we can go deeper. It goes back before then because obviously... You know, there's been a big reggae influence with hip hop with Cool Herc as well, with the whole sound system thing. And actually, I myself can relate to that because 
um, as well as rapping, I, I was also a sound man, which is like the reggae toasting. I used to do that as well as, as a young kid and um, be up on sound systems from the age of 10 and 11 in our local neighborhood area. And I had a reputation for doing that too. So, you know, I, I always loved the reggae and the hip hop. And I kind of think, you know, hip hop is kind of like a, a child of, of reggae as well, in a sense, in terms of the rhyming, the toast, the toasting style, which then elevated into the rapping as well. And the production on this album is crazy, and and uh, the scratching and the and the turntablism. Talk about how you guys really made that a focal point. It seems like that really was a focus, making sure there were cuts on this album, which a lot of times you don't hear anymore in a lot of new hip hop music. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, man, no matter what, say the same thing. Like hip hop to West is like beats, cuts, and rhymes. You know what I'm saying? You you gotta have those elements, man. Like to me, my favorite records are Gangstar. You know what I'm saying? Like, get my, my favorite hip-hop records are Gangstar. No doubt. Uh, Ultra Magnetic, you know what I'm saying? Extra P records, Pete Rock, and so, you know, CL Smooth records. They all had cuts on them, you know what I mean? Like, I even feel lazy when, you know, like, Nomadic, like, nah, we ain't, you know, like, there's a couple songs on the album that don't really have, like, uh, cuts on them, and I'm like, I'm like feeling like, ah, oh, damn, I got nothing to do, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> like you didn't do your jobs. <laughs> I love it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's just like, it just goes hand in hand to me, like, you know, the energy, you know what I'm saying, that that creates, you know, the, the cuts, you know, intro cuts and uh, chorus cuts, you know, that that's such a, so, so, such, so intertwined with the fabric of what a record is supposed to be for me and Nomadic, you know what I mean? So that we have to have that. And uh, and we we collaborate, we, we collabed on a lot of uh, the records on there, like, you know, he'll, he'll like send me stuff like, yo, do you think you can mess with this? And, you know, I'll mess with it and we'll t- we'll tweak it. We'll go back and forth and uh, just like really just add ideas together. You know what I mean? Like my approach is like really different to a lot of guys that I know. Like I know a lot of times like everybody now has like, you know, the machines and, you know, the, the computer can chop the samples for you and put it on the pads and all that stuff. But like my style is like really, uh, I, I call it uh, the nonlinear style, <laughs> you know, which is like, uh, you know, you listen to the record and you listen to a, uh, a record in a linear fashion, right? You know, start to finish, right? What I learned was like over time, especially with a guy like Premier, when I started learning like some of the sam- listening to some of the samples that he would use, like for like certain records, MOP records and stuff like that, I, I listened to his, the originals and I'm listening, to, I'm like, this guy's crazy because <laughs> he's not listening. Yeah, he's nuts because he don't really listen to the records in a linear fashion. I'm like, like the tempo doesn't matter. You have to disregard tempo, disregard the position that the thing is on the record i'm like wow i'm like this is different so i started like you know what i gotta start listening different you know what i mean you gotta really listen different so like even when he hears even when nomadic send me something he might be he might have a concept of it but like now he knows like my my approach is like really different i'm like i'm just gonna you know deconstruct the whole damn thing and just go at it you know what i'm saying but yeah beats rhymes and cuts man that's how we do it man no doubt and you just brought up premiere and gangstar you guys hear that new gangstar record premiere is still like the greatest you know what i mean already know <laughs> yeah man, man it's Nomadic sick people. it's you no know, matter you can speak on guru probably too but yeah it's just amazing to hear that dude's voice one more time you know what i mean definitely i'm i'm i'm, I'm a big gangstar fan too man and um hearing it hearing his voice again on the record is just it's just crazy man it's like he's, he's speaking from the heavens or something man no doubt no doubt we'll get back into the album here that joint the anthem uh talk about that one uh that one, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, okay, I got to find these dudes. I got to speak to these cats and talk about this album. The anthem is exactly what it is. It's a straight up anthem. Talk about that record, what it means to you guys. So the anthem was basically um, like one of the last joints we've done on the project. Um, 
because the project has a certain feel to it in terms of production. We deliberately, you know, picked a certain mood and feel as as tracks went on and on. And um, one day I was saying to Dre, like, yo, man, I just want to do something that's going to set it off. And he was like, yo, I got something. I got something for you. I think this is going to work. And he sent it over to me. And like 30 seconds later, I was like, we have this thing where he'll do a beat or an idea or vice versa. And then I'll call him and I'll, and I'll laugh. And he knows that that means like, yo, I'm feeling this shit. I'm on this. Two days, two days later, I have the rhymes written. Weekend, I'll go in, I'll, I'll, I'll lay the track, send it to him. And it's a rap, man. It was like real, real easy. It was like clockwork. Once we had the idea, we just yeah. went back and forth with it until we perfected what, what, what we wanted to do. But yeah, the anthem was one of the last joints and we wanted it to kind of just overall represent what 1520 is about. And yeah. actually, if you listen to it carefully, the first verse, I, I mentioned the number one for the first eight bars. The second part of the, uh, the 16 bars, I mentioned the number five and that's the 15. Then it goes into the hook. The second verse, I start with the number two. I break down the number two for, for eight bars and then the zero for the rest of the the eight bar section. So it's like the whole 1520. I was just basically talking about, I was rapping from the perspective of hip hop and also my perspective of what 1520 means to me as someone who, you know, is a student of hip hop music and hip hop culture. Mm. That's the truth right there. And people listening to the podcast, that song's what you heard before we came on to the interview with my, my dudes here. So definitely go rewind it and play it again and make sure you caught all those little interactive moments he's talking about for these verse man <laughs> i saw the video for your another song you guys did on the album ghost Riders. talk about uh, doing the video and that song as well so that that's a funny one right because this for those people that may not be aware this is actually a physical project that we wanted to release which has additional um tracks to what will then be a digital release, which will have a slightly different track listing, a more condensed track list, listing, different cover, and and one or two different tracks on it. Um, but we wanted to do something for the for the hardcore fans that want something tangible, because we're still from that era where we like to hold something in our hands, man, rather than some little square on your desktop. You know what I mean? So um, Ghostwriters was actually one of the tracks that we was going to put as one of the uh, kind of like exclusive cuts for the physical version. And Dre was like, like, nah, man, you're crazy. That that track is nuts, man. Like, we got to use that to open up the album. And I was like, yeah. really? And then <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're, you're actually right. And it was crazy. So we put that as like um, the first track after the, the intro and it just worked perfectly. So we decided to drop that as a second single, as a different kind of flavor to... Um, the anthem, we feel like it's a different, more like a rugged, but kind of more smoothed out flavor. Um, and then we're going to build it up with more more visuals and videos for the other tracks um, as we build up the album, the release. Yeah, speak on that, Dre, talking about uh, getting that song to be one of the first ones on the album. Yeah, man. Um, once again, like the cuts, come back to the cuts. The cuts set it off so rugged. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to sample the uh, Raekwon record for like since I since the first day I heard it. And uh when you know when uh the, they have the intro when you know Raekwon's telling Ghostface like this guy is selling drugs in our block and you know they approach the guy and all the rest of it. But I wanted to take the aspect of uh when Ghost says this is our ish, you know what I'm saying? And it was like this is like hip hop, it's it's this is our, you know what I'm saying, our culture, and we have to preserve it because as you know, the, the trap music and all that stuff is dominating right now, and that's perceived as the perception of what hip-hop is supposed to be but we know better than that so i'm like yo we're gonna have to fight for this like this is our you know this is ours you know what i mean and 
and Nomad comes to the perspective of, of the writing and, you know what I'm saying, and, and intricate lyricism and all the rest of the, you know what I mean? So we're just trying to represent it, man. And I like, the, the beat is just hard, man, bro. Like, we've heard this song like so many times and like till this day, like I'm like, I, I just, I just love, I just love the work we did on this album, bro. Love it. And the video just fits perfectly. You know, it's it's dark outside. You guys are just chilling, you know, on the block there. <laughs> Gorilla style, man. You know what I mean? We got the shard, you know, the shard, the shard building in London behind us, and it's just dope, man. You know. And we'll play that song later in the podcast as well. And uh, talking about preserving the culture, and really, it's like it's almost it's a constant fight for those of us who are hip hop heads. Have been with the music since the 80s and such rock him tradition when i saw the title i'm like man i don't want to skip ahead and just play this song but i was anticipating that one because you know rock him's my favorite mc as well talk about that record so rock him tradition obviously as i said earlier um rock him is like my favorite mc of all time um he inspired me to really take the writing to another level like hearing him rhyme some of the stuff he was saying in his in his in his joints you know was just crazy to me it just like blew my mind as a young kid so I wanted to basically dedicate the song to him and just like also talk about how his influence influenced me, shaped me as a writer and as a, as a man. Cause I feel like he, he felt to me like an older brother talking to you. I didn't know him personally, obviously, but it just felt like this is like my older brother talking. Robert Jewels, you know what I mean? I would like, like to do to, um, you know, younger kids or whoever listening to what we're doing and what I'm saying with the music. I like to be a positive influence. So what Rakim did for me, I'd like to do that for someone else. So Rakim tradition was just like paying homage to Rakim one of the greatest MCs of all time and just talking about his influence man on me as a writer who are some of the uh, artists you guys have worked with in the past I see you know DJ Spinner was uh, somebody you guys have worked with and Rock Marciano Killer Priest talk about some of the guys you guys have worked with previously in my crew uh, The Planets um, I'm not sure if you're aware uh, of the group but um, we, we were you know like one of the most well known crews out here um, late 90s early 2000s we had an album called The Opening it was a dope album we had people like Evidence on Neon Production, Self-Titled, Zion I, um, Binary Star, Planet Asia. Damn. Um, later, later on... We I need to get familiar, Marciano man. <laughs> and, and Prince Paul. Yeah, look it up, man. Look it up. You'll find it. You'll find it online. You just do a little search and you'll find it. But um, yeah, man, I've got a long history in this thing. Um, in fact, um, I was the first MC of um, Pakistani origin to, to be in hip-hop music, man. I was the first, like... I started this in 83. There was no one like me when I started out. Um, our perspective, it, it was it was interesting because in the planets you had a unique makeup because my partner, he was Sudanese. I'm of Pakistani origin. And my other uh, guy, he was from Barbados. So we had like the whole world in our group. Um, oh, and that was the planets. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so this project here, 1520, for me, this is an extension of what, what I was known for in the planets, I feel like this is like, um, you know, a step forward from what I was doing then. Um, I really love this album. I feel like it's probably, you know, uh, one of my favorite pieces of work that I've ever done and put out there. People who know me know me. I'm sitting on a bunch of crazy material, other stuff that I've done. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm really proud of this project. And, um, you know, me and Dre have a really great musical relationship and friendship outside of the music as well so i think that mm. also helps because we have a great understanding and we're very open with each other um yep. there's no kind of like ego thing going on um he can tell me whatever i can tell him whatever in terms of music yep. and we don't take it personal we know that yep. we just want to create the best music 
we can and um, present that to the public. As long as we're happy as fans of hip-hop music, I feel like people that are like us, that appreciate dope music, will appreciate this album, man. And I feel like the album's got a lot of long longevity. There's a lot of um, subjects that we touched on. The music is there. Yeah, man, it's soul food and brain food. Definitely. And talk about that real quick, you know, being an MC of Pakistani descent, like, is there a lot of weight on that? Like, you feel like I got to represent the whole... You know what I mean? Like the whole country, you know, the, everybody that's there, they're counting on me to just bring this. And what's your response from people from the country and everything? I wasn't actually born there. My parents are from there, but my origin, my, my heritage is Pakistani. I was born in the UK in London. It was crazy, like for me, because I grew up in a neighborhood which is predominantly uh, Jamaican and Irish. Um, in a place called Brent, Northwest London, which is a very diverse, in fact, where I come from is the most diverse borough in the whole of the UK. Like nine out of 10 people are from different parts of the world. So I can bump into someone from every corner of the world, like literally walking around the corner. It's like New York, um, pretty much. Yeah, so that influenced me a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't find it something weird at the time because it was just the music I was surrounded by in my environment. Um, but, you know, obviously at first, certain people would look at me crazy like, yo, because they'd never seen someone like me rhyme before. And, you know, for me, it, was, it wasn't about who I am. It's about, like, the, bringing the skills and the art to the table. But, yeah, it, it does, like, sometimes it has in the past where people will think they'll be like, word? Like, they've never seen a Pakistani guy rhyme like, I, like, like, like me before. You know, it was a new thing at the time. But now, obviously, hip-hop is such a worldwide thing. You've got people in India, Korea, China, you know, Australia, South Africa... Bolivia, everywhere rhyming, man. I just think it's a beautiful thing, man. And Dre, yeah. you got a unique perspective because, like I was saying before, you're from you're from here, and you're in the Caribbean for a bit, and now you're over there. Yeah. How does it feel? I mean, do you get homesick? Do you feel like uh, you know it's it's a it's a different vibe for you just to be in the UK? Main issue that I have right now because of the style of music that I make, there's not a whole bunch of guys who appreciate that stuff out here. You know what I'm saying? Like Nomadic and and a few other guys probably like a, a small circle of people that I really deal with because I'm sure you heard of, you know, grime music that's out here right now. And I, I guess they call the, the drill music and all that stuff that came from over there. But uh, everyone's trying to get paid. So everyone try you know, the kids gravitate to whatever's popular and it ain't East coast boom bap. You know what I'm saying? So, right. So like for me, it's kind of frustrating in, in that, in that regard, because I get a lot of requests from guys on your side of the pond that want to work with me. You know what I'm saying? But, but the thing is, I think it's probably, it's, this is, the, I guess this is the, the problem that I have right now. And this, the thoughts that I'm having right now is to like uh, reposition myself because, you know, it's so frustrating because I, 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 he would tell you, no matter what, tell you like so many times I'm like, you know what? I ain't doing this, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it ain't working. I mean, <laughs> right. I, I love it. I love it and I do it in my crib and all that stuff. But I mean, as far as pursuing it, you know what I'm saying, and, and putting our projects and all that stuff, I mean, there's been so many times I'm like, yo, dude, I, I ain't trying to see this. You know what I'm saying? Because like, how many people really appreciate this type of music? It's, it's not, especially over here, nah, man, it's hard, man. You know what I mean? So, I mean, this conversation is happening in this household right now as to what we're going to do, you know what I mean, in the next few years. Because, uh, you know, I thought about it a few years ago, like maybe about 10 years ago, we we're going to move to ATL. We had the uh, recession and all the rest of that stuff, put it on hold and all the rest of it. But I don't know, man. 
I'm kind of at a crossroads right now, you know what I mean? But I feel inspired because the fact is there's a lot of people that do get out, you know, reach out to me. I mean, I did a record with uh, Smiley Ghetto Child recently, you know what I'm saying? Like, just digital, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that reach out, like, yo, man, we, we need you, man. But it's like, yo, you know what I mean? I don't know. Where am I going? I got, I got to have some direction to what I'm doing, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't want to do tracks aim, aimlessly. That's, that's why we did like a... We did a physical release with this album right here. You know what I'm saying? It, it means something more than just like, just a digital release. Another digital release, man? Like, we ain't trying to see that, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt about that. And how can heads find the album? Like, where, where can they get it? And, and me being a, you know, a record collector, DJ and such, is it available on vinyl? So the project is available at the moment um, on a Digipack limited vinyl CD. Um, it's not like a regular CD. The, the CD actually pulls out it looks like a little 45 um and cassette and it comes with a digital download obviously we would we would really love to do the vinyl right now but it's just so expensive that obviously being a small you know setup um we have to kind of watch what we're doing um so we're gonna we're gonna work towards that um we're just gonna obviously gather the interest and make sure there's enough demand for it um before we take that step but yeah that that's something that's on the cards for the future definitely and where can Heads find the album now, currently? Heads can cop the album at www.1520music.co.uk and also at Bandcamp. That's 1520.bandcamp.com. Yep. And then as far as following you guys on uh, social media, where can they uh, reach out to you guys and catch up and make sure they're up on everything you guys are doing? Hit us up on our Instagram, um, 1520 Hip Hop, and also our personal Instagram, um, Dramatic Excel. Um, yep. I'm Nomadic Poet on Instagram. Um, and on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook too. Yeah, I don't be too, you know, too heavy on that Facebook thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before I let you guys go, I mean, obviously we were talking about how worldwide the music is and the culture. Is there any place you guys have performed that you were like, I can't believe these heads here are even down with hip hop or a place that you would like to perform that you haven't? One of the craziest things that happened to me was back when I was doing the Planet Stuff um, and we performed at this festival um, in a place called Regent's Park. And there was like maybe 20,000 people there. And there were just like like a lot of hippie kind of people that are into folk music. And we were <laughs> looking at each other like, yo, they ain't going to like what we're Planets, doing. man, <laughs> planets. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then came off stage and people were just like hugging us. And it's mad, yeah. but I, I feel like good music and, and, and music from the heart and from the soul translates to anyone that you know feels it yeah i've been out to kosovo for like three days like spinning and uh people love hip-hop out there man you know what i mean i've never been i never been at that side of the earth man but uh, it was like it was crazy man you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, that was dope. I'd impossible. And it'd yeah, be dope man. if you guys are in Chicago. I know that's going to be like a, a wish and a hope on my end, but uh, that would be that would be ill. Yo, yeah, I got, funny time, enough, I got, um, I got a lot of people in Chicago, and little surprise, we can't let it out the bag yet, but someone Uh-oh. very, very famous from Chicago Legend is going to be on the digital release, and that's in the bag, what? Just, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, a legend, a Chicago legend. I'll just put it at that. E- no doubt. <laughs> we're looking for that one chicago oh, yeah, wake up yeah. you hear what he just said chicago hip-hop legend man chicago Ooh. hip-hop legend yeah dope man dope. yo big up to you guys for coming on here and and building with me about uh, the new album and your guys career and everything 
Uh, I'm going to play that Ghostwriter joint after this. Uh, and once again, just let heads know where they can find you and, and find the music and everything. So people just go to www.1520music.co.uk. Check us out. You can stream audio snippets of the whole album. The album's crazy. If you're a fan of dope music, dope hip hop, beats, cuts, lyrics, packaging, it's all there. Trust me. You won't be disappointed. Check it out, man. See for yourself. Oh, stuff. Word of IG, man. Freematic XL. You know what I mean? Get at me. One. Yeah. yeah, big up to both of you guys. I appreciate it. The album is no joke. I've been playing it. And, you know, once again, thanks again for showing me love and uh, reaching out to me. And uh, I can't wait to, you know, let the heads know about what you guys are doing. So, yo, once again, big up from the UK and to Chicago. This is, this is an honor to talk to you guys, man. Oh, man. Same, man. Me. We're very proud to be on the show and we're very grateful that you reached out to us. And it's yes, all sir. love, man. We'll definitely keep you up on what we're doing. And uh, when that digital release comes, trust me, I'll be sending it your way first, man. Man, mm. keep keep mm. DMs flooded, man. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, keep in contact with us, man. You got our info. Hit us up anytime, man. Most We're approachable guys. No doubt. That was Nomadic Poets and Dramatic XL1520. Their album, Mosquito Fly and Starships, is available. Don't sleep. Go cop that. Yo, big up again to you guys, man. Really appreciate you coming on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Mm-hmm. No problem, man. Peace. 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 Big thanks to Nomadic Poet or Dramatic XL for joining me here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Really appreciate their time. And here we go with that song we were talking about. This is Ghost Riders from the new album, 1520 Mosquito Fly and Starships. And definitely, definitely check out their video. Just go to YouTube. You can find it easily. Just type in Ghost Riders. It's right there. Really cool video. And the song right here, Straight Heat from the UK. Here we go. Ghost Riders on the Infinite Banter Podcast. KP loves car buzz like you mug wise through the bug. I'm tongue tied, low empty bond size. I see the planet through fun size. I remember when happy days was never mine. I shifted the paradigm from the parrot mind to the power of nine. My tower of powers, knowing the owls spitting down for hours. Dick written since I sniff them out like a schnauzer. I do this, to meditate like a Tibetan Buddhist. Dead the rumors, cause I've been known to spit in luminous mucus. Ever since the moon shone on my face, a Rubik's cube that Rupert the bear. I don't know what old school is. Oh, you the nicest, never die. You must have got UV-itis, my UV rays flying bats in the iris, till they sightless. This is your favorite ghost writer who goes writers with the most fighting. Introducing that, you know, you're for your niceness. Don't sing or thoughts to Bible, suicidal, taught to cycle. When I induce my styles upon the microphone, swing it out the ballpark. I rap like no one out there keep listening. Or thoughts to Bible, suicidal, taught to cycle. When I induce my styles upon the microphone, Peace, unity, having fun, I'm spreading love in abundance. I'll be stepping this way to my big toe, got bunions. Rappers get older, still talk the dumbest. I know the pavements, I still live amongst the fungus where they hunger, it's humongous like Hannah B's bumper. We just a number, see, we make it when we're numbers. Hard to make it when they numb us, so we're mammoths, only dumb, cause I love us. Some of these youths, 
Acting like they're holding sabers till I kill them on their own terms as euthanasia. I was that youth, the Asian who proved the basement came up as a box boy, carrying the bass bin. This ain't rapping for the sake of rapidity, rapidity. This is rapping to bring back some clarity in a time of disparity. I spit paraffin on the narratives. I'm from the golden era. That's golden showers. Be next, you analysis. When I induce my styles upon the microphone Now watch me swing it out the ballpark I rap like no one out there can keep listening More thoughts to Bible, recital, talk to sight When I induce my styles upon the microphone Now watch me swing it out the ballpark Whoever heard of me know I can track Don't degree burn Yeah, where we live in, like, I, I remember being in the studio with Trump King But every rapper on the planet, Hey yo, what up y'all, this your friendly neighborhood fly guy, Cool Kim, aka NY All The Idea with that demo music, chilling with my good brother, DJ Soundwaves, on Infinite Banner Radio. Alright, we're getting close to number one here, here's number three, my top ten MCs list that I came up with. Like I said before, after talking to SB, I had him on the uh, show about a couple months ago, and he brought up his top five MCs and kind of got me thinking maybe I should make my own list. So I did a top 10, and here we are at number three. I'll go down the list so far. Number 10 was Ghostface. Nine was Redman. Eight was Cool G Rap. Seven was Notorious B.I.G. Six was Uncle L, LL Cool J. Five, Tupac. Four was Big Daddy Kane. And number three, it's our guy Soldier Boy. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Get the fuck out of here. No, no, number number three, um, the one and only, the teacher himself, the blast master, KRS-One. And this is a dude that has always been on my tops. I mean, it's without a doubt. I've seen him perform probably like five, maybe six times. And I would say of everybody on my list so far, ones you haven't heard yet, he probably has the best stage presence. Like he just knows how to grab the crowd and the true master of ceremonies as an MC would stand for. He just really is that dude. And uh, it's hard for me to not have KRS one number one. I could see many people thinking he should be one. And I wouldn't say you were wrong. For me, he's number three. A lot of times I've had him at one and two, you know, things like that. But he's always been in that top three. It's it's KRS one. So many great records from him. I mean, obviously, Criminal Minded and Return of the Boom Bat probably is my favorite album of his. And you think of the songs he's put out there, you know, The Bridge is Over. South Bronx, My Philosophy, Love's Gonna Getcha. And uh, AMC was doing this hip-hop series, Songs of Shook America, and they did a, a split one where it's like MC Shan, The Bridge, and then Karis One with South Bronx and The Bridge Is Over. And they also talked about MC Shan, uh, Kill That Noise. You know, it's, it really showed how big of a deal Karis One was out of nowhere. Boogie Down Productions, they just came in and just kicked the doors down and just really like shut down Shan and made Marley Marl, I have second thoughts about, you know, his career. So really took the the whole battle thing to the next level and Karis won on South Bronx just says some things on there that you know uh it's just hard to believe you know Shantae obviously was not a fan of his verse about her but uh on Karis one songs not only would he just rhyme circles around somebody but at the same time he would entertain you and he would also educate you with the edutainment aspect of what he did like his one album that he called edutainment I mean just learn so much from him and at the same time nod your head it's very hard for somebody to give a message and and also keep your head nodding sometimes it sounds preachy and you're not really sure if you want to hear somebody you know 
kind of talking at you or preaching at you, but it never felt that way with Karis One. He was always genuine, and he always came away with something better than before you'd press play on that tape or put the needle down on that record or whatever. So yeah, number three, Karis One, the teacher. I mean, just one of the all-time greats. And you just think of everybody who's down Boogie Down Productions, you know, Scott LaRock and Dean Ice, Miss Melody. They all came out of that camp. Karis One just to this day can rip a crowd like nobody else. He's number three on my list, the one and only KRS One. Yo, it's Confucius. Rams is Ali. And we the bar guys. And right now we tune into Infinite Banter. DJ Soundwave, Shada and J. Let's go. I have been waiting a couple weeks to talk about this. The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, and uh, it is just damn good. I talked about it a little bit on the last episode, but I wanted to wait a little bit because some people probably haven't seen it yet. It's impossible to avoid all the memes. Spoiler here, here's your chance. Get, turn it off if you don't want to hear anymore. I'm going to start talking about it. So you're in that spoiler land. You've been warned. You know, the Baby Yoda stuff. I mean, I don't know how you avoid it. It's already had three episodes out, so I feel like it's safe now to talk about it. Man, it's great. It really is everything I hope they could be. And I'm a dude who loves Westerns. I love the old spaghetti Westerns or Clint Eastwood. And this feels like it's right out of that. You know, it's like um, The Man With No Name. One of those movies like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly or A Few Dollars More, Fistful of Dollars. I kind of feel like it's one of those type of flicks where The Mandalorian or Mando, as they call him in the show, he's just like the man with no name. He comes out of nowhere and he's just gunslinging and taking bounties. And, you know, you don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He's just for himself. And it's just really good. There's so many things about this this series that if you're a Star Wars fan, it's a lot of callbacks that get you hyped. Now, I thought I saw Bosk. He's not necessarily in it. It's just his species. I thought I saw IG-88. It wasn't him. It was IG-11. But, man, it was just so cool to see these bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back brought into this series. It was just so cool. To see IG-88's uh, counterpart, IG-11, bounty droid, just doing his thing and just shooting everything. And that was really cool. And, of course, the Baby Yoda reveal. I mean, that's the cutest thing ever. Maybe because I have a five-month-old daughter. Like, I'm looking at it, like, in a different point of view. Just like, man... It's just so adorable. I don't know what to say. I never talk like this, but yeah, that, and I don't even know if it is Yoda. You know, I gotta keep watching the show. We'll find out, but we don't know if it's Yoda from the future. We don't know if it's uh, Yoda's kid. We don't know if uh, it's the offspring of that female Yoda in the prequels, which I never really acknowledge. We have no idea who this is. We don't even know the name of the species, so it's just going to be called Baby Yoda until further notice. It's cute as hell, and, you know, I'm just glad the Mandalorian went back and saved it after he found it to get the bounty and went back and made sure that uh, Yoda was fine, Baby Yoda. Such a great show, man. I mean, you got Carl Weathers in there. You got Nick Nolte. Uh, I didn't even realize it was Nick Nolte until I saw the next episode, and I was like, oh, okay. All right, that's that dude, because of the way they do the CGI and the makeup and such. It's hard to tell, but yeah, he's just really, really good. And I'm just glad that they're getting it right. I mean, I don't know if this next movie is going to be any good. The Rise of Skywalker, I have no idea. The Last Jedi left a lot of people with like bad taste in their mouths for the Star Wars series. This show right here, at least they got it right. And, you know, I'm a guy who's a big fan of Rogue One, and maybe that's the best way to go, is to get away from the the trilogies and just branch off and tell these little stories that are new material. This is just really good. As I said, I like Westerns, and I like these kind of flicks. There's a lot of cool throwbacks. I mean, you see the Jawas again, you know, and Mandalorian straight dusting them like it's no business. 
just killing Jawas, you know, disintegrating them one by one. And there's even a callback to Salacious Crumb, the little laughing creature that Jabba had with them. And unfortunately, they're like in a marketplace. Uh, one's getting cooked while the other one's in a cage watching on. So that's kind of rough, man. But hey, this is a really cool show. And I'm just so excited to watch the next episode and beyond. If the first three episodes are anything like the whole series, man, I'm just going to be a complete fan of it. And I don't know if they have enough time, but they got to make those baby Yodas for Christmas because those things are really popular. I know people are clamoring to get their hands on a baby Yoda. So if you have not seen it, go check it out before more spoilers come out and they ruin the show for you. If you already know about Baby Yoda and you haven't seen the show, it kind of ruins it because when that little thing pops out of that little floating egg thing, you're just like, holy shit, that's Baby Yoda. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's straight bananas, but definitely go check it out. The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. If you like Netflix, you know, get your friend's password and watch it. You know, don't pay for it. Just, to, <laughs> just get someone else's like I did. You know what I mean? This is Shaz McKenzie, and you're listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast. Time for you to leave, asshole. All right, before I go, I got to talk about The Walking Dead real quick. The mid-season finale was this past weekend, and uh, unlike The Mandalorian, uh, this season has been kind of a underwhelming season. I mean, it's just, let's just be straight up with it. The show needs a star. It doesn't have a star. And ever since Rick left, it's been lacking. It hasn't been the same. You got a bunch of backups trying to be the star, and it just doesn't work. You can't have role players leading a show. You know, Daryl's cool. I love Daryl, but he, he can't be the leading man. Carol can't be the leading woman. Michonne, you know, they do their best with these, these characters, but it's just not the same. You need Rick. And with him not there, the show just seems like it's lacking every week. There's cool moments. There's cool parts. There's a lot of cool Negan stuff. I love the stuff they did with Sadiq and, you know, unfortunate, you know, it came down to his demise on the show. But other than that, and, you know, the whispers, it's just, there's a lot of just downtime and just nothing really happening on the show. You know, I'm still going to watch it because I'm a big fan and I'm going to talk about it. And it's definitely not as bad as Fear of the Walking Dead. Let's just get that straight without a doubt. But it's just, you could tell it's just not really, it's not what it can be. It's it's a good show. It's got good writing. The The people that are on it do their best. Man, it needs Rick. And they never should have killed off Carl because Carl could have been in all these scenes instead of Judith, who's kind of hard to buy and take seriously. But yeah, uh, hopefully the second half of season 10 is better than the first half when it comes back. It ended with like them kind of like being in the descent, like where most of them went into this cave. I don't know why they all follow each other in this cave of descent. You know what I mean? But uh, that's how it ended, kind of a cliffhanger. So we'll see how it does when it comes back and see who gets to kill Alpha because she's got to go. You know, see if it's Negan or Carol or somebody else. Yeah, the show, it's, uh, you know, it's it's okay. But man, it was just kind of underwhelming. There are too many episodes where I just thought they were kind of uh, sleep inducing. But that being said, there were some really good ones, like the one with Sadiq and the beginning of this last episode really started off well and then just kind of you know kind of petered out towards the middle and did not live up to the expectation of the previous episode in the beginning of the episode eight leading into the mid-season finale so we'll see what happens in the next uh, half of season 10 but i'm a little little pessimistic about it but you know i'm a sucker i'm gonna keep watching it you know how it is so all right i'm gonna get out of here i appreciate everybody for checking out the show once again big shout out to nomadic poet and dramatic xl 1520 their album Mosquito, Fly, and Starships available now. Find it on Bandcamp. That's www.1520.bandcamp.com. You could also find it at 1520music.co.uk. Just type in 1520. Google that. You'll find it. This album is just straight heat. I definitely recommend everybody cop it. Go check it out. And we have to find out who that Chicago MC is. 
that they got coming out on one of their songs. So that's really something to be looking forward to. So shout out to them dudes. Really appreciate them giving me their time and talking about their careers and everything. Go check out that EC Illa re-release from 1994, live from the ill. 25 years, ecilla.com, and listen to my interview I did with him. You could hear it on Head Knock Radio, which is available on all digital platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. This show right here, the Infinite Banter Podcast, is available on all digital platforms as well. Same thing, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, Spotify. You'll find it on there. Follow me on Twitter at Infinite Banter and DJ Soundwave 75. Instagram at DJ Soundwave 75 and Facebook at Infinite Banter. All right, I appreciate everybody checking out the show. Next time I want to talk about that new Sky Zoo and Pete Rock album. I just got that in the mail. This Retropolitan album. Played it. I want to play it a couple more times. I'm definitely going to talk about that one and reveal number two on my top 10 list. Some of you probably have a pretty good idea who these one and two might be, but uh, you don't know for sure until you hear me say it. So could be, you know, could be Lil Wayne, could be... uh... It'd be the future or two chains or one of them clowns no 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 not at all i'm just kidding so all right thanks for checking out the show appreciate it shout out to nomadic poet and dramatic xl go check out their album and i'll catch you guys on the next one i'm out <laughs>